This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Inside Tri Show with Sports Tours International. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Inside Tri Show with Sports Tours International and Orion Connect. I am Helen Murray. Thank you very much for listening. Now, lots of you have been in touch after last week's cracking interview. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, with Els Visser who spoke so articulately about the shipwreck that she was involved in back in 2014 and how she swam eight hours, yes, eight hours, to an uninhabited island before she was saved. It's absolutely gripping stuff. And also last week you heard from David Garrido and you've continued to send in your beginner tips for him because he's going to be doing his first triathlon this year. So a few more tips for you, David. Uh, at Scouse Tim says, sleep with your watch on for early morning sessions. He says, if I had it on, I know I needed to go training. I think that all sounds past tense. Scouse Tim, do you, do you do that much anymore? <laughs> Phil Keel says, don't beat yourself up if life gets in the way and you miss a session. These things happen. Oh, so true. Colin Bradley also got in touch. And this is another firm favourite of mine, other than the brilliant keep breathing advice that I dished out last week. Colin says, be consistent in your training. And then at Greenlight PT says, build up your training gradually to give yourself many years of enjoyment. Don't get suckered into thinking you must do an Ironman distance or you aren't a triathlete. Find a balance of training that is sustainable and healthy for you. Great advice there. And I think there is some quality advice as well. This week from Non Stanford, who is this week's guest. And she talks about balance, but also about change and dealing with pressure, worrying what other people think. And she's also really open about her struggles after the Rio Olympics when she finished fourth 
behind her teammate, Vicky Holland. You know, I put on a brave face and you know, I was very conscious of not detracting from um, celebrating Vicky's medal and, you know, really enjoying that experience with her because, you know, she really deserved that. And um, I didn't want to be the person that, you know, at all impacted, you know, her enjoyment of that um, achievement. Um, so I think I buried a lot of, you know, sort of my emotions around it and um, never really, yeah, never really sort of came to terms with my own disappointment in my race. I think you'll really enjoy the interview with Non. I certainly enjoyed chatting to her. And um, yeah, as well as all Olympic stuff, we might have talked about Welsh cakes and Taylor Swift and Geraint Thomas and haircuts as well. I mean, come on, it's all the important things. But before we get to this week's interview with Non, I don't know what your plans are over the next few months, but if you are racing or training abroad or you fancy doing a triathlon event abroad, then go and check out sponsors Sports Tours International or Sports Travel International if you're listening to this in Ireland. And if you signed up, to the popular Ironman 70.3 Mallorca and you've not yet sorted out logistics, then why not consider going with Sports Tours International and really benefit from the superb race force services so then you don't have to feel ridiculously stressed before you even get to the start line. They're offering three or four nights at a four-star hotel right in a perfect location in Alcudia with breakfast and evening meals all in line with event timings they're offering training sessions. They'll have mechanics on hand all the time as well for you. All from £495 per person. You can check it all out in the show notes at helenmurray.net forward slash inside try show forward slash non Stanford. So that's 70.3 Mallorca traveling out there with Sports Tours International. I want to give a shout out to my patrons. Thank you very much. Kelly Stokes. Kelly has signed up to be a Vino buddy, so she'll be able to submit questions to guests and things. And John Hunter. Thank you, John. He has signed up to be a coffee buddy. And thank you very much for all of my patrons who support the show and enable me to do this every week. If you want to join them, head to patreon.com forward slash inside try show and I am working on content at the moment for the first of the exclusive episodes for anyone who signs up to be a training buddy. So you'll be getting that in April. I'm going to fill you in on my news after the interview with Non. And you're also going to hear another update from Luke Grenfell Shaw, who is riding his tandem from Bristol to Beijing. It's all go, isn't it? Now, Orion Connect. I was actually telling friends about what Orion Connect do at the weekend and they were like, oh, that's really cool. I'd definitely be looking them up if I was injured. So here is how it works. If you are struggling with pain or injury, then you need to get in touch with the Orion Connect team. So say you need an MRI and you go to your GP and you've got to wait, I don't know, six weeks. I remember I was definitely in that boat. And then you still go around in circles even after that. So give Orion a call. They can get you diagnosed, they can get you an appointment and they can get you back on track ASAP. It's quick, it's affordable 
and you can get back training as soon as possible. Again, the links to Orion are all in the show notes at helenmurray.net forward slash inside try show forward slash non Stanford. Time for this week's interview. This week's interview then is with non Stanford who has been involved in and surrounded by sport pretty much her entire life. She was destined for big things on the track and was three times Welsh School's 1500 metre champion before being mentored by Dame Kelly Holmes. But injuries took their toll and Non made a successful transition into triathlon. She moved to Leeds and in 2012 she was crowned under 23 world champion and then just a year later which is really insane. She became ITU world champion. But Non has had her fair share of ups and downs since then. 2014 was pretty much wiped out by injury. In 2016, she finished fourth at the Rio Olympics, just behind her teammate and friend, Vicky Holland. At the end of 2018, Non left the lead setup to join Joel Filiol's squad, And in 2019, she won the WTS race in Hamburg. So it was all looking good and things were back on track. But then she had to have knee surgery at the end of the year, which pretty much has put her hopes of a second Olympics in doubt. Non, hello. Is there a little bit of light at the end of the injury tunnel? (laughs) Hi. Um, Yeah, I think so, actually. The last couple of days, I've managed to get on an Alter-G, which is an anti-gravity treadmill uh, that basically takes away some of your body weight so you're able to run without as much loading. So, yeah, I've been running at uh, 60% of my body weight the last two days. I mean, yesterday was five minutes and today was 10 minutes, so I'm not breaking any records, but at least it's a start and, you know, everything's starting to come together very slowly. Um, I still have a lot of restrictions around what I uh, can and can't do in training and, um, you know, everything's being very carefully monitored and controlled, but, you know, I'm still, I'm still doing stuff and, um, I think I'm actually surprised by how much that I am allowed to do, even though it seems like it's taking forever. When I kind of look back over the last 12 weeks, I think I've come from having surgery to, you know, almost sort of being back running is, is pretty cool. So I can't complain. How good did it feel when you got on the Alter G? Yes, so good. I was smiling the whole time. Um, even though like you're just like floating along at 60% of your body weight. It's, it's, it's really crazy. It's not quite like walking on the moon, but it's not far off. Um, but just to sort of take that first step um, to, to coming back, I guess. Um, sometimes when you're in the depths of an injury and rehab, you kind of think, God, will I ever get back um, to, you know, to running um, and, and ever get back to racing? But I guess this, like, kind of gives that bit of glimmer of hope that um, normality will resume um, within the foreseeable future. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've been on your bike as well? I have. I've been on my bike. Um, so, honestly, I've been on a bike Um from about week three or four of my rehab. Um, They were really quick to sort of get my knee moving. Um, But um, I'm really, really restricted on the intensity that I'm able to do. So at the minute, 
and I will be like this until week 16, which is another four weeks away. I'm not allowed to go over 100 watts. So for anybody that's sort of into their power on the bike, that's really not very much at all. I think I'd struggle to get off my drive under 100 watts. So, um, yeah, I'm really restricted. I'm doing most of my cycling indoors. I did a little bit outdoors in Fort Ventura, but the terrain around Leeds is is really quite undulating. So... Um, it's much easier for me to stay on the indoor trainer um, and I have an altitude uh, generator which means I can put a mask on and um, even though I'm only riding easy I'm riding above 3,000 meters so I'm getting some sort of cardiovascular stimulation at least. Oh that's quite clever. Yeah no I'm I've been so so lucky like the medical team around me are just fantastic and um, they're trying everything that they can to um, you know, get me back to, to full fitness as quickly as possible, but without compromising um, on that really important recovery and, and healing period, really. So, yeah, they're trying everything and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it all pays off because a lot of it's really mundane. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, <laughs> what are you like as a patient? This time round, I think I've actually been pretty good. And, you know, the lead physio that's kind of working with me, Ollie Williamson, um, has said that he's surprised how positive I've been through the whole sort of experience. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's days where you're like, oh, this is not what I do my job for. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Um, you know, spending hours in the gym and sitting on the turbo and, um, you know, highlight of your day is going out for a walk outside you know that's not really what being an athlete is about but um you know you've got to just sort of push through it and in perspective and in the grand scheme of things it's not that bad <laughs> so yeah so what do you think has made the difference why do you think ollie's saying actually not i'm, pri- I'm quite surprised um i'm not sure to be honest with you um i have thought about it a lot because um Post Olympics, so 2017, 2018, I had quite a few issues with my Achilles. Um, and I found it really tough. Like, I just would get myself into a real rut of being negative and not really coping very well with um, with the injury and, and, you know, sort of the restrictions that that put on me and the, um, you know, the kind of poor performances that I was um, doing as a result of not being able to train properly. And, um, I think it became a bit of a vicious circle. I think you're negative generally, which means you don't really heal and recover properly. Um, you know, I do actually believe that being positive and happy and sort of keeping everything in perspective actually does really aid your recovery from a from an injury. And, um, you know, I've just tried to carry that, um, you know, sort of learning and lesson into this injury. And, um you know maybe I'm maybe I'm a bit older and a little bit wiser and a bit more experienced and um maybe I have things in better perspective I'm not really sure but yeah I just seem to be in a much better place with this and um yeah you know I can't say that you know I'm happy 100% of the time and loving life because it is tough and uh, like I said before you know I you know I don't do this to be in the gym doing 400 squats a day which I'm sort of currently trying to do oh um <laughs> Um, you know, you, you, you do it because you want to be outside training with your friends and, you know, in, in enjoying that. But, um, you know, it, it'll, it all will come to an end at some point and um, just sort of seeing it as a character building few months. 
<laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have an awesome character at the end of it, non. Hope so. <laughs> Are you at Leeds because that's where the you know the the physio support is and things like that for you, rather than being out on camp with Joel and the rest of your squad? Yeah, so I'm here because um, the medical team is here, and you know I'm I am working with them every day. Um, so I see my physio Ollie every day, the S and C coach at least three times a week, um, and sort of feeding into that uh, the other physios within the program, uh, the sports physiologist, the sports nutritionist, so and the doctor. You know I'm seeing the doctor once a week as well. So yeah, it's so much easier for me to be here. Um, and you know they need to be seeing what I'm doing for a start. That you know there's there's been so many restrictions on what I can do in terms of bending my knee and how much load I can put through it, which they wouldn't really have been able to manage if I was away. So it just makes sense for me to be here. And to be honest with you, on camp, you know, I wouldn't have had that support around me, but it would also have been really tough, I think, um, seeing everybody just going training all day and I wouldn't really be able to do anything. Um, of course, I'm in Leeds and I'm in the Leeds Triathlon Centre, so there are people training and uh, all of that but also I can come home to my own home and get away from it and I have friends outside of triathlon so you know they really help sort of uh, keep you outside of the triathlon bubble a little bit because it's very easy to get, to get all consumed by it yeah and you can um, turn off Instagram when you don't want to <laughs> be when you don't want to see everyone's posts about oh yeah you know another sunny ride in Fuerteventura or a tough run session or whatever Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's easy to get away from it here and um, yeah, just have a bit more of a healthier, balanced lifestyle, I guess. How difficult was the period after the Rio Olympics? Yeah, it was it was really tough. And I think I never really dealt with it, which was the big big problem you know I put on a brave face and you know, I, I was very conscious of not detracting from um celebrating Vicky's medal and you know really enjoying that experience with her because you know she really deserved that and um I didn't want to be the person that you know at all impacted you know her enjoyment of that um achievement um so I think I buried a lot of you know sort of my emotions around it and um never really yeah never really sort of came to terms with my own disappointment in my race um and that kind of just manifested itself over the next two years of just really falling out of love with the sport um generally struggling with being a happy person on a day-to-day basis and that like I said had a lot of impact on any niggles that I picked up I really struggled to overcome them or yeah just sort of process them in a logical and practical way what would you say finally I don't know helped you maybe to come to terms with it and to express it rather than internalize it all I can't really put my finger on any one thing um I did work with a few different um sports psychologists um and um you know just sort of I think a lot of it though was sort of dealing with I dealt with it personally I sort of in the end got to a point where I was like this can't go on you're in a bad place and this is not the person that you are and it's not helpful and it's not productive and um you know if being involved in triathlon is being this detrimental to your happiness then you either need to change something or you need to walk away 
Um, and I, but, you know, I really wasn't ready to walk away, even though I had thoughts about, um, you know, what job I could do next and, you know, looking at other options. I knew deep down that I had unfinished business and that I just wasn't ready. Um, so I came to the decision that I just needed to make a change. And for me, that was going to Joel's squad and sort of having a complete change of direction with my training and the environment and uh, a fresh start, I guess. And, you know, it's absolutely not a negative reflection on on Leeds or the centre um, because uh, I have some fantastic memories here. The staff are amazing. The athletes are lovely. It just, I just personally needed a change and um, going to Joel and having that fresh start has, has really, you know, it's really changed, changed me as a person from, from those 2017, 2018 couple of years. And do you sometimes reflect on it now and think, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm so glad I didn't walk away and I am so, so glad I, I made that change and, and I was able to actually find the love again for, for triathlon. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that if I'd walked away at the end of 2018, um, I'd have looked back, if not straight away, but within a few years and had so many regrets. And one of the things I've always sort of um, said to myself and believed is, you know, never have any regrets. Um, No matter what you, you achieve or you don't achieve, just don't try not to regret anything. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that I continued. You know, last year was on the whole quite a positive year. Um and I really enjoyed it and uh you know, I think it's put things back into perspective for me so much and really shown how much I do enjoy um being an athlete and being involved in triathlon and um sort of the amazing people that are that are in our sport and that I have the privilege of working with and and, and training alongside. It must be quite nice actually now doing that rehab in Leeds because it must feel like in a weird way sort of second family there looking after you to get you back to full fitness again oh definitely you know even though I wasn't haven't been based at Leeds for the last 12 months or a bit more you know Leeds is always sort of my it's my home I've got my house here and you know my triathlon home for sure and the people that work here and train here are, are like family to be honest with you and I'm so fortunate that they have always welcomed me back whenever I've come back to visit Leeds or now in this period with my injury, um, you know, nothing's changed. You know, I still go to the swimming sessions and I'm treated exactly the same as all the other athletes. And um, yeah, I think it's kind of, that's really special. And I feel really lucky and privileged that, um, you know, I have the support of, of them, even though, you know, I've chosen to do something a bit different. And Nonu, if I had said Tokyo Olympics to you two years ago, what would you have thought then? Two years ago, I probably might have said no way. Um, I retired by then. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to, to sort of do that again. So that was part of me. But the other part of me deep down really wanted um, kind of redemption uh, for myself, you know, just to go out there and um sort of make up for my own disappointments um in Rio so I was kind of really torn um and I think that's a reflection of how I was generally with triathlon not just sort of around the Olympics and if I were to say the words Tokyo Olympics now what would your thoughts be 
now with the you know having had surgery and you know the obvious implications of that and the long rehab period um it's kind of in the back of my mind in terms of I'm just really focusing on getting back to being healthy and um uh yeah just getting back on a start line um and not having the pressure of the Olympics uh, hanging over me. Um, I don't want to rush things and rush to try and get back fit to to prove anything to anybody. Um, yeah, I'm just sort of focusing on on getting myself better, really. So let's just say hypothetically, Tokyo's like not on not on the cards. Would I don't know? Would you even think of Paris, or by then you're thinking, nah. Um, I don't know. That seems like Paris is four years away. Yeah. <laughs> It's a long time. Yeah, I'll be 35, which I know is not really old, but you know, when you're talking about an athletic career, that's definitely at the top end of someone's career. You have a few athletes that um, manage to race ITU into their mid or late 30s, but not that many, really. Um, I, I want to say never say never because you know what? If. Um, you know, this Tokyo obviously doesn't happen and um, I might still have something that, I, you know, I want to go to Paris and do, but that's not going to be easy. And although the last four years feel like they've flown, like it doesn't feel like four years ago that we were preparing for Rio, um, equally, it's still a lot has happened in those four years and um, it's quite a long time. So at the minute, my kind of headset is that I would love to make it to the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham Um, and then probably just sort of reassess where I'm at with life and how I'm feeling about triathlon and sort of where I want to go with it but um, I'm not saying definitely not to Paris but yeah logically and rationally and realistically it might be a big ask. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. One person I've I've spoken to recently um, was Helen Jenkins, and I know that you're obviously both South Walian, and she would potentially be someone that you would chat to because she's such a good egg. Have you ever really had a, a good chat with her about you know the disappointment that she had in London coming fifth and things like that, and how she then dealt with it and and has since moved on. Um, I don't know if we've ever specifically talked about the Olympics and, you know, having kind of a, a mutual bad experience. But, you know, I've definitely talked to Helen a lot and she came down and visited me after my surgery. And I always feel that both Helen and her husband, Mark, have such a 
refreshing attitude around triathlon and you know especially ever since she's had the kids her perspective on on it all is 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 really great and you know I always leave a conversation with them feeling you know more positive and uh and happy about things so Helen and Mark have definitely had a really positive influence on my career over the years and maybe not by directly talking about things but you know just sort of having conversations generally with them about stuff and yeah I know that they're fantastic and like you say she's a very good egg so <laughs> and it is one of those things again having having had the chat with her recently you can tell she's doing it because she loves it and she's still got that passion but I guess with a you, you know in a long career it would have it does ebb and flow like like any line of work sometimes you love it and sometimes you're just like this is <laughs> this is crap yeah yeah <laughs> definitely like you say with any walk of life and in any job there's good days bad days good weeks bad weeks you know and that's just life and no job is perfect is it even if instagram uh depicts that it is it's not so <laughs> instagram is not reality it's definitely not no <laughs> so one of the big things non that has happened in that four years we were saying that lots can happen is that you've got engaged to aaron royal congratulations Oh, thank you very much. Yes, that's very recent, actually. About a month ago now, I guess. How are plans coming along? I'm actually really organised. So I'm just organising viewings of venues. We're probably looking at getting married end of October 2021. So it's still 18 months away, or, or probably a bit more. But I'm really conscious that once I'm through this rehab period, you know, I'm going to be rejoining my squad, I'm going to be away hopefully from mid-March till basically the end of the season, racing and training. So I'm not going to be around to be able to do much. So yeah, trying to get really organized now. And um, I've got lots of spreadsheets and uh, <laughs> links for things I keep sending to Aaron. And bless him, I don't think he's really that bothered. He's just like, whatever you want is fine. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> it's a bit sad. Is it going to be in, in Wales? No, it's probably going to be in Leeds, actually. I think my mother was a bit disappointed when I told her that. I would absolutely love to get married in Wales, but the practicalities of it, just in terms of when I am in the UK, I'm more likely to be in Leeds. So if I have to go and organise anything, it's a bit easier. And we're going to have probably quite a lot of people flying in from, you know, international yep. uh, places. So Manchester Airport is close. So those are the, my reasonings behind having it uh up north and, and it's mutual ground for us both I guess you know we both have a home here now and and friends around Leeds so yeah did it take much convincing for Aaron to come over here rather than you go to Australia you know what? actually surprisingly it didn't there was a plan of like initially that we'd he would stay with his training group in Australia and I'd obviously stay in Leeds and we'd kind of split our time going between the two centers um but unfortunately his coach at the time wasn't really happy with that plan and it just became apparent that it'd be easier for Aaron to come to to Leeds and join the centre here and I was really lucky that British Triathlon and the Leeds Triathlon Centre who was headed by Malcolm Brown at the time were really supportive of that and yeah he came and trained here for two years which uh, which was really cool which is really nice and uh, yeah he's kind of settled into it and now we have both joined Joel but you know I think you know, Aaron still comes back and he's still allowed to train with a group and train with a centre and he still goes riding with um, 
uh, Alistair and Johnny and, and their group. So, yeah, you know, he's definitely part of the part of the lead setup now, which is nice. That is quite amazing, actually, that, that they've been sort of so helpful and, like, I guess, adaptable to to keep you guys as happy as possible. Yeah, no, we're really, really fortunate that I think uh, British Triathlon and, you know, at the time, like I said, Malcolm Brown were really sort of good at realising that athletes are only performing well when they're happy. And, you know, if you're forcing athletes into situations where they're not happy, then they're probably not going to be performing well. And sort of striking that balance between life and work is is really, really important. And uh, I'm lucky that they were really supportive of it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And Nan, the Joel's squad, what is it like training in that environment and how does it differ to the environment in Leeds? Uh, It's really cool. Um, It's probably a lot more relaxed than people think. Um, You know, I think you imagine, you know, a lot of the world's best athletes all training in the same environment could be quite intense. But, um, you know, the boys especially are really impressive because you've got Mario and uh, and Vince and Yella and Martin and uh, Jake Birtwistle and you know they are some of the best athletes in the world but um, they're just really relaxed they don't race each other in training they're really supportive of each other and you know it's the same it's the same with the girls as well you know we all get on really well and, and train well together and um, I think what you get when you're in a group with Joel is people have made that conscious decision to leave their the setups of their federations um, and go to Joel and I guess you're paying for a service whereas you know when you stay in the federation everything gets paid for you so it's comfortable and easy but you're kind of stepping out of that comfort zone and and making a commitment a commitment to yourself I guess to to improve and be better and um, it's just a really inspiring and um, yeah, it's just a great environment to be a part of. You know, everybody's um, motivated, but um, you know, just they're just not intense about it, which is which is really nice and supportive. And yeah, it's just been a fantastic experience. You know, without sort of making it all sound like sunshines and rainbows. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's it's just really impressive how Joel manages to manage everybody I guess and and make sure that uh the environment is is a good environment and a productive environment to be in I can hear the excitement in your voice (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) did Leeds get quite intense I think I made it intense for myself um I think I felt like I had a reputation of always being someone that worked really hard and always did everything right and always hit every session. And I think I was just putting too much pressure on myself to, you know, always live up to that. It just became a bit too much. And I think, you know, I'd been training in Leeds from 2011 to 2018, so seven years. And I think I just needed a change and needed a bit of fresh start. Um, I was struggling to find a way to change my training um to suit sort of my new needs as an older athlete as a more experienced athlete while still being in Leeds the structure is quite rigid and historical I guess you know everyone's been doing the same sort of structure for many years and for me personally I just needed to get away from that and and start fresh and what have you learned the most from Joel 
I think that you don't need to push hard in training to race well. So, you know, obviously we train really hard with Joel and put in the hours and do the work because, you know, you don't get the results that Joel gets without that. But I think it's this sort of theory of saving your bullets. So you don't finish sessions or we very rarely finish sessions where you're absolutely exhausted that you have nothing left. Um, Whereas in Leeds, I used to empty the tank a lot. You know, there'd be sessions where I'd absolutely be destroyed at the end of it. Um, but with Joel, you never really get there because he really believes in um, saving that for, for when you're racing. That's really interesting. And did you feel as well, not in in Leeds, almost like always that pressure of having been under 23 world champion and then world champion did you feel you always had that pressure on your shoulders a little bit I mean the thing with Leeds is there's always people there that have achieved more than you and or who have at least sort of equal to what you've done so it was never as if I was the best athlete at the center and I had to live up to that I think it was more just the pressures that I put on myself you know what I perceived people thought and expected of me and I think that was the, the biggest problem because, like I said, you know, you had double Olympic champions and uh, two-time Olympic medalists, multiple world champions. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody sort of looked up to me as a special athlete because in, in that environment I wasn't. Yeah. But as from 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 being a, a youngster on and you were a really, really talented runner as a, as a teenager and things like that, have you always felt, that you've got to live up to certain expectations? I've always, from a very young age, put a lot of pressure on myself. I would say I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So, you know, even at my schoolwork, I always wanted to have the best grades. I was desperate to be head girl and I wasn't head girl and I was devastated. And so I've always set myself, you know, not just in a sporting context, but just across my sort of life, really high expectations. And, um, yeah, that's sometimes exhausting to, to have to, to live up to that. And I think one of the major things that I've, you know, learned over the last year is that, you know, you don't have to put yourself under those pressures and nobody's perfect. And do you know what? Actually, nobody else cares because everybody else is just too caught up in what they're doing to even really notice what you're doing. Um, you know, like in a session, if you're having a bad session, most of the people in the pool won't or whatever won't won't notice because they're more concerned about what they're doing. And I think once you realise that and relax that people relax and understand that people aren't judging you all the time is is quite a big weight off your shoulders. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It is so true. Like a lot of um young people I um like I support, they don't have confidence to go into the gym. You want to get across to them. It's like do you actually know anyone who goes to a gym and spends an hour looking at someone else? Because, you yeah. know, I don't. Because people don't. That's the thing. But it takes time to realise that. Yeah, definitely. And it's also, it's very easy to say these things, but then to actually put them into practice and believe them um, yourself is is really hard. You know, I'm sure I would have been able to say these things quite a few years ago, but to then actually you know, believe them and, and adhere to them, that's a that's a whole different matter and have the confidence to just sort of, 
you know, not not just worry about yourself, but do you know what I mean? Just mm. not worry about what others are thinking is 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 quite hard. Oh, it takes time. It takes a huge amounts of time. No, I've got I've had a question from a patron. Matt Wackett says, "How do you rest, relax, and recuperate? And how hard is it?" <laughs> I am not the best at <laughs> relaxing, but I have got better. So when I'm you know in full training and training hard, I do try to nap every day. I think sleep is probably one of the most important recovery tools um, and it's free. <laughs> um, so yeah, just trying to nap in the day, trying to get, you know, eight hours roughly of sleep every night if you can. I know that's difficult when you've probably got full-time jobs and um, kids and all the rest of it. But yeah, sleep is probably one of the biggest things that I try and um, focus on to keep sort of uh recovery at a maximum um but otherwise yeah just normal things like chill out watch netflix sit on the sofa with a cup of tea um nothing nothing too um exciting or scientific and what would you watch on netflix oh well at the minute i'm absolutely flying through netflix because i'm on the turbo all the time but um i love the crown yeah that was really really good I've just finished watching Sex Education and that was amazingly funny. I would recommend that. I laughed every episode. What else is really good? Oh, I watched, this is probably really sad. I watched the Taylor Swift documentary and loved it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a guilty pleasure, isn't it? Singing along to all the songs. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, that's really tough. I was really lucky to be mentored by Dame Kelly Holmes when I was growing up. I was a runner back then, but a lot of the principles very easily transfer into being uh, an elite triathlete. And two things. She was actually the person that sort of said to me, never have any regrets. And that's always sort of stayed with me. And the other thing that she said is, don't train hard, train smart. You know, again, I don't want people to think that you can just go out for an easy run and become a world champion but it's about finding that balance and knowing your body and knowing when you've done enough and and being smart with your training because more isn't always more and well actually more is never more when it comes to uh to to training and the worst piece of advice the worst piece of advice probably that more is more (laughs) (laughs) because that is the worst thing that you can say to an endurance athlete i think oh that is very very true and do you have a bucket list race non i'd love to one day do escape from alcatraz because i love the idea of starting on the ship and you all jump in and there's no swim boys you just sort of set told swim towards that point get there however you want um yeah that looks like a really cool quite iconic race so helen like said that. that one helen said that one yeah Oh, really? Oh, gosh. Maybe we'll do it at the same time then. <laughs> Going long, are you ever tempted by that? Would you be tempted to do Ironman Wales one day? Would you like to join? Apparently, Garrett Thomas is going to do it at some point. Yeah, I hear that. That's so exciting, isn't it? I am, like, the biggest Garrett Thomas fan, which is really embarrassing. I think if I ever met him, I'd be so starstruck. <laughs> Have you not met him? No, I've never met him, no, which is probably a good thing because I'd probably embarrass myself. <laughs> but for a full Iron Man, that's a really long way. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd like, you know, I think I would do Iron Man Wales, but just for fun, if that's possible. 
you know, try not to get too caught up in, in racing it and doing it as a pro, but just sort of to be a part of that. Cause I think that's a really cool event by all accounts. That like, support is fantastic. It's a tough course. And I'd love to be part of sort of that triathlon movement in Wales. Aaron always says that I have to try 70.3, but I'm not 100% sure. I just think I'll get bored on the bike. Nah, I don't think you will. <laughs> just just sing Taylor Taylor Swift songs and it will soon be over. Yeah, yeah. Can I just get that integrated into my helmet, you know, like a speaker or something? Well, but... if, you, if you can get timing things like integrated into goggles, I'm sure you could get... <laughs> Yeah, no, everyone else will have like all their splits on their uh, on their visors, and I'll just be singing along to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I reckon you'll be doing a, a seven point three before before you get married. <laughs> before I get married, oh no, yeah. not sure about that. We'll see. Yeah, Aaron Aaron does want me to try and do one. Um, I think next year, but um, we'll see. We'll see. And non, if you were to take three things out of Wales. So let's, again, hypothetically, you're going to go and live in Australia with Aaron. If you had to take three things out of Wales, what three things would you take? Hmm. I would take... Garrett take... Thomas is not one of them. <laughs> I think his, his wife might have something to say about that. <laughs> you can't hijack their kid. <laughs> Can you say family? Is that too broad, you know, sweeping or my parents? You can say that. Okay. My family, my school friends, and Welsh cakes. Who makes the best Welsh cakes? My grandma does make pretty good Welsh cakes. I'm quite lucky that um, she's pretty boss at that, actually. I might be... uh, She is 86 this year, but I might be uh, giving her a shout for um, wedding favours next year. Oh yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. Nine, like nine, as in. So for anyone who does not uh, speak Welsh, uh, nine and tide are grandparents in in Welsh, and nine's Welsh cakes are always the best, aren't they? Absolutely, every time. There you you know what it is? Like I think hope. I hope when I get to that sort of <laughs> level of status in my life that I can also make great Welsh cakes, but. I'm not sure. <laughs> Surely, when you go on a, a a cake stop ride or a cafe ride up in up in the Yorkshire Dales, you can never get a good Welsh cake. There's never Welsh cakes up there. It's scones, Yorkshire tea, and scones. That's all you're getting up there. <laughs> See, I'd love <laughs> it's that. It's not but... a bad thing, so I can't complain. Oh, and non a final, really stupid question, right? I had my hair cut today, first time in I don't know, probably about since September. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this a triathlete's problem? Normally, you just don't really care and you just don't ever go because it's always tied back. Do you ever get your hair cut? Completely relate. I am useless at getting my hair. My sort of measure or marker for like, right, you really need to go and get your hair cut is when like you're showering and it starts sort of coming out in clumps. <laughs> I feel like it's my my hair's way of being like, you really need to cut your hair. Like, I'm just going to start self-managing here. So, yeah, when I start losing hair in the shower, I, that is when I'm like, okay, you need to go and get your hair cut. So that occurs about twice a year, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Non, it's been really lovely to chat. Thank you so much for your time. No, no, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Ah, <sighs> well, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big fan. How fun was that? Non is such a good giggle and it's always good fun chatting to her. If you liked it, then let us know. You'll find posts on Instagram and on Twitter at Inside Tri Show. And I tell you what, March the 1st is a key date for Welsh people. It is St. David's Day. 
it's a good date for me as well. So as a celebration, if you have enjoyed the show, please, 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 could you give it a five star rating and leave a quick review in Apple Podcasts? So what you might previously have known as iTunes. It makes a massive difference in terms of downloads and who finds it and just helps me to get it out there as well to a wider audience. So if you could go and leave a review, that would be amazing. My news. Well, I'm sat here. I've been been preparing the show over the past couple of hours and gradually... I've just been going back and forth to a box of tissues, which is really never fun. Now, next to me, here it is, my mug. You can hear that. Lemsip. Lemsip in my mug. This is really not what I'm after with March 1st on Sunday. And that means uh, half marathon time. So, yeah, typical coming down with a cold in the few days before it. And it could be that at the weekend... I absolutely nailed doing nothing and again though it all it's all telltale signs isn't it on Saturday I'd done a steady turbo in the morning and and then I fell asleep for a few hours in the afternoon it was bliss and then Sunday really did not do much I did as much as get on my turbo in my jeans and a down jacket in order to calibrate a Garmin that was about as much spinning as my legs did on Sunday. So honestly, it really was, I mean, what, that took like two minutes, maybe? Probably a bit longer. I'm not very technically minded, but um, yeah, generally didn't do anything. And then, uh, yeah, now we have a cold. Yay! <laughs> but never mind. I've managed not to sniff throughout this. So that's, uh, I think that's a win. Anyway, enough of me banging on about a cold. It's just a cold. Uh, Let's have an update from Luke Grenfellshaw. I'm now in the south of the Netherlands, in Arnhem. And actually, 54 days in, this is the first day by myself on the tandem, um, which is a bit of a weird thing. It's made me realise that actually it's quite hard pedalling the tandem by yourself. And that's not been helped by today's strong winds and driving rain. Um, So I've been very... I was very happy to get to a cafe here in Arnhem and I'm testing out their radiators um, both for myself and my clothes and topping up on the caffeine levels. Um, I've discovered that my tent doesn't really keep out the water very well and I've also discovered that my sleeping bag isn't particularly warm. So those are some learning points. I have also just been blown away by the amazing cycle paths here in the Netherlands, but also Belgium. I barely ever go on a road with cars. There's always a completely separated um, cycle path. And like cycling here, you're like, how can we get it so wrong in the UK and make it so difficult for cyclists when clearly it's it's very possible to do. So it's been a joy cycling on, on these uh, beautifully smooth and separated cycle paths. And a couple of days ago, I we went through Utrecht um, and visited the Princess Maximus Centre um, for paediatric oncology to meet with um, a couple of doctors there who work for World Child Cancer and they are our fifth charity for the Europe leg and one of their projects is out in Kosovo and so it's um, that the hospital in Utrecht has um, got 
got an association with this project out in Kosovo. So meeting some of the doctors who work on that project was really exciting and also has made me even more excited to be heading east into Europe um, and the Balkan region. And I'm very interested to see what the, the project and Kosovo is like when I get there, having never been before. So it was really exciting to get introduced to World, World Child Cancer and, and the, some of the work that they do. It might also be worth saying that I'm always uh, on the lookout for can livers who might want to come out and join for um, a, you know a day a week um, on, on the back of the tandem um, and to you know share the adventure with and to continue rewriting the narrative of what's possible even with a cancer diagnosis so um please do share that with your amazing listeners luke is doing amazing things with his tandem ride from bristol to beijing he's now raising money for five cancer charities having already smashed his target he has set himself an even bigger fundraising target so if you want to help him then head to the show notes and details of how to sponsor him are there and if you want to get in touch with him because if you can go and ride with him and join him on his tandem like he said i think he would be so so grateful so check out the show notes and links are there and just get in touch with him let's keep him going all the way to beijing thanks for listening to the inside try show if you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything then reach out to helen on instagram or twitter at inside try show you have been listening to the Inside Try Show with Sports Tours International. If you are doing Ironman 70.3 Mallorca in May, then head over to the show notes. Go and check out their Ironman 70.3 Mallorca race tour with the superb race force services. Inside Try Show is also brought to you by Orion Connect, a free introduction service. So if you're injured or you're struggling with pain, they will connect you with top healthcare practitioners in London. It's affordable, it's efficient, and you can get diagnosed and treated as quickly as possible. You can check it all out at orion.co.uk forward slash connect. I've had a whole host of goodies from the team at 33 Fuel this week, just in time for my cold-ridden half marathon this weekend, <laughs> including some award-winning daily greens, which I genuinely, I have just tried before my Lem sip, before my Lem, Lem sip even. I just tried them and I'm thinking, winning combo, surely, daily greens and Lem sip, that has to shift a cold, hopefully. Uh, it's got a good hit of cinnamon in it, tasted absolutely fine in water and I reckon it would taste even better in a smoothie. So you can get a discount at checkout at 33fuel.com using the code InsideTry33. And don't forget James and the team at Comfuel. If you like the idea of picking a bit of this and a bit of that when it comes to sports nutrition, then use the code InsideTry for 20% off all orders at comfuel.co.uk and supporting all of these people who support me means a lot to me and it helps keep everything going so if you can support the sponsors thank you so much next week I will be back I will have done a half marathon on Anglesey hopefully I hope I hope I will have shifted a cold there's a second goal I am not going to London on Monday, which is really exciting. And if you have ever had your parents still trying to tell you what to do, then spare a thought for next week's guest, Taylor Spivey. She's a front pack swimmer, 
but her mum still picks up on her stroke. Uh, all the time. <laughs> I absolutely hate it, but um, I know she wants the best for me, but I'm like, I'm working on my run. Like, I don't need to fix my swim. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure I could swim before I could walk. Yeah, I've never seen anyone so in love with swimming. So until then, keep it fun. Thanks as ever for listening. And we'll speak there. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.